episode of A Beer with Sam and Peter. Are we making a habit of this? Are you Have you stolen my intro from me? Well, maybe, but... It's our intro. It's our intro. It's a joint thing. We it's can... you and me and everyone here. Yeah. Everyone at the... It's a conversation every... everyone among in the friends. World. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I just jumped in because you hadn't said it, okay, said anything yet. So, yeah. so here we go. I'm Peter. You're Sam. Hello and We're welcome. We're here after... But they hey. don't even know the episode. You know, you gotta you gotta get better at this. You know, so I, yeah, got, I, say, I gotta say hello, welcome to episode fourteen of the Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam. He's Peter. You're wearing shorts. You can hear it in his voice. But I'm not wearing shorts. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi guys. It's um, been a little yeah, bit again. Yeah. Exams. Uni's been. Yeah. Getting us down. We're just sort of playing hard to get. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're just we're, making... we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Finally back. Back and better than ever. Yeah. After our well, brief, we're certainly brief back. hiatus. We're certainly back. I'm better than ever. Oh, well, that's good. Mate, I just finished my last exam ever. Yeah. You want to talk about that for a second? Pete's done. Yeah. I fi- finished my degree and I'm on to unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. Party. Forging ahead. <laughs> Forging ahead to a brave Moving world. forward. Yeah. 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 I think it's exciting. As Julie Gillard would say. Yeah. I, I mean... uh for all those people in uni, you sort of around our age, you uh, you get it. It's a pretty, it's a it's a cool thing. You start off with university, and it, you know what? For me, at least, it was pretty much everything that that I had seen on TV. I mean, minus the sort of like bad neighbors specific to America kind of the American crazy college life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything like it was better, and it was really cool. And you could rebrand yourself. Um, I liked my brand. I sort of stuck with it, but you could have re- rebranded yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And there's like there's a there's there's you a don't group have to of people. deal with all the people that you didn't like at high school. And yeah, although you still have to deal with people you don't like. It's called group assignments. Yeah, and or, if you didn't, if you if or, you did like that person before you started the group assignment, what is it? You won't afterwards. <laughs> what is your absolute nightmare group assignment? I never have one. You never. Well, no. Why are you bringing it up? Oh then? no, no, no! You're bloody. Because I've seen other people lemon. get hurt by it. I actually did have a bad, a bad group assignment. In, I was involved in in a bad group assignment. In you, you were one of the bad. people. I was one of the bad people though. Yeah, it was. It was in. A, <laughs> I was in first year when it was sort of very different, and uh, it was a physics class. Right. And you, it was you had to write la- a report, like lab reports. Um, on some mm. experiments. Mm. It was early day physics, you know, like we're doing kinetic bullshit. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I didn't do anything. Actually, I did do something. I still have a photo of it somewhere. I drew Neo and Morpheus uh, in whiteboard markers. And that was your contribution to the group. Yep. You scum. Absolute scum. I, contri- I, I like held the group together. I was the glue. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The lovable rogue. Yeah. I can't remember what I had Morpheus saying something offensive, but I can't remember what it was. Did you get asked to do anything? Not really. Not really? No. You just kind of got, got by and... Yeah. Yeah. If you'd watched Freaks and Geeks, this was definitely the Freaks table. <laughs> <laughs> that was my experience with it. All of my other group assignments were pretty good. 
I, I've I've had some very mixed experiences. Yeah. Like I had this absolute nightmare of a group assignment in second year where we had it was a the gearbox assignment where we were broken up into ten person groups that we didn't get to choose. Yeah, and we had to write we had to write an assignment about all the different components that make up this gearbox. Like and and the materials they're manufactured out of and why they're made of all these different materials. Okay. And um oh I'll stop you right there. Guys, stop, stop panicking. We There we go. <laughs> I was going to do that. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. But yeah. yeah, the beer we're drinking this week is uh, James Squire Nine Tails Amber Ale. Yeah. And it is delicious. It's also 1.4 standard drinks, mm. which is impressive. Mm. I think you should uh, stay for a little bit before you drive home. <laughs> no, I can... Yeah, it's fine. I'm not sure. Australia, people. <laughs> Australia, where people don't know how many beers they can have before they can drive. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, anyway, ten-person gearbox assignment, and um, I ended up taking a bit of a leadership role. And my sort of role was to I had to write my own section, but I was also in charge of compiling the whole report and putting it all together and like bringing together everybody's sections. And um, when it came to two weeks before the assignment was due, and everybody had handed or given me their sections to hand in. About 50% of what I was given was just copy and paste stuff from Wikipedia. Yeah. What did you do? I, me and like one or two other people like rewrote almost the entire thing. That's when you wish it was like, you could just send the, send the bastards down. Yeah. Like group assignments are just such a pain when you don't have a good group of people to work with. Like when I was in third and fourth year, I had a great group of people to work with. It made such a difference. Like... It means you can get away with like you learn one specific bit and then they yeah. learn the other bits and I was also it makes everything so much easier. I was also for all the rest of my group assignments more active than that last one, <laughs> but I was still sort of pe- I got pegged as like the dissolute brilliant one. So people didn't expect. Me I don't know to, how that happened. People didn't expect me to turn up for stuff. They just like, but they wanted me in the group because I did churn out good work when prodded with the stick. <laughs> So that we had this one group assignment where it was like, um, it was sort of like the A team of of group assignments. It was this really really pain in the ass kind of um, geology assignment, mm. um, and I, I do geology and maths, and uh, oh, it was just it was just rough. But we so we had my mate Jack, who is like he's now working in the, in the mine somewhere. He's already going up the the totem pole. He's just this really great bloke kind of dude and he works yeah. really hard he is the field man right out of all of them he was like the best he could just like lick his finger put it up to the air and tell you exactly where he is <laughs> with gps <laughs> coordinates lick a rock and tell you lick which... a ro- yeah tell you what was going on yeah uh we had joe who was very a very pedantic sort of sheldon-esque guy but really knew his technical thing te- technical shit yeah and then there was me because i could write well which the other two guys couldn't do and I was good at like uh, a little bit of physics that we had to do, mm. programming stuff, make things look nice. Um, and it, it, they pulled an all-nighter and I was I just left. I wasn't expected to go. So these guys stayed there in the office all night. I went home, got some sleep, went back in the morning, did my thing, took about two hours and then we handed it in. It was a wonderful group of signs. <laughs> Once again, yeah, scum of the earth. Actually, I uh, there was a problem right at the end, right where uh, I was doing geophysics, and 
I'm sorry, guys, to do this tangent. We'll go back on the... <laughs> we'll get on to We'll the... review some stuff in a minute. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I, uh, we'd done a survey in the area, and it was a magnetic survey. And when you do that kind of thing, any anomalies, they have two sides to them. Right. There's a down and a low that you get, right? That's all you really need to know. And they show up as, you know, down and a low, hot spot, cold spot. And uh, the orientation of, of that tells you everything. Uh, I'd realized that uh, I had put into my code and stuff north and south wrong and got them mixed up. So everything was back to front. So instead of going to my code, all I did was I, uh, I, I went into paint and I rotated the, the scan <laughs> for 360. So it was all wrong, but it all lined up and got good, good marks for it. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> brilliant. <laughs> you got to do that when it comes down to the wire. Yeah, I was like. Really yeah. All this thing together with... I like that. You know, you know. there's the, there's that moment where it's like you're the survivors. You do, if you do an assignment and it comes down to that wire, you just hand it in. And, yeah. and there's that like, there's that like shell shock period afterwards where it's like, oh, we've been together. It's, we came together as people. And now it's like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning after we just handed in our thing. We've been here. What are we we've doing? been at uni for two days yeah. straight. I guess you wanted to go, you guys just want to go get Maccas, you know, and you'll sort of go off and detox. Oh man. I'm looking forward to never having to do that again. Yeah. They're fun though. Most, you don't have to do a lot of group assignments in uni for those people who are, who are listening and haven't gone to uni yet. It's not. Well, I mean, a lot of, I've done a lot of group assignments. Okay. So if you do might engineering. Engineer, engineering and, at QUT. Anyway. Anyway. On to the, the, the rest of the podcast. Yeah. We're drinking beers this week. The nice James Squire beers. Yeah, just for a change, we thought we'd drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after all the coffees we've had. Yeah, I've been feeling, you know, slightly guilty about that. Yeah. The haven't. intro music still played over us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we've, uh, we've, we've still got that. What a ripping bloody good bloke <laughs> good, that, yeah. that cousin of mine is. Yeah, no, I think he did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very proud of us. We're very sort of professional. Yeah, I know. We've got... Yeah, yeah, intro and everything. Okay, right. yeah. Um, so first things first. Should we get yeah get down to our our homework movie? Homework now, movie. Last week we we gave two last, homework not movies. last week last episode last episode which was many weeks ago many moons which we apologise for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last last episode we gave you t- we gave out two homework homework movies to do because uh, our real homework movie was Taxi Driver. Yeah. Um, but Taxi Driver is pretty full on. And so we wanted to give someone an alternative. So we also, uh, we also said, go watch, uh, the fifth element. Now, when I wrote that down, it was homework movies, fifth element and Taxi Driver. But, uh, we, although I've watched, I've watched fifth element maybe 10 times. It was one of those things that we had on VHS, you know, like you just watch over and over again on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, we haven't watched it recently. Um, yeah. Now I urge everyone to just go watch it anyway. Is a fantastic. It's a, it's a just, hilarious. It's a fantastic experience. It's just a great dumb movie. It's. I mean, it's, I think it's just. It's just fucking fantastic. It's just a very fun movie. Yeah. So we would encourage you to watch that. But what we're going to be talking about. Is yeah. Taxi so we, we might talk about. We won't promise anything, but we might talk about Fifth Element next week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But not as a homework movie. Yeah. Um. But Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Yeah. Now, you just watched it. I watched it last night. Yeah. 
and got, you know, probably not the best time to watch Taxi Driver because it is... A, Taxi Driver is... Um, it, it's a pretty full-on movie. It's a full-on movie. It's a bit... Inter- it's very... I don't know. It's very interesting. I think we're probably going to get a good discussion about it. But... Um, well, hopefully. That's what this show is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taxi Driver, uh, for me, is a movie about how um, how close a hero is to a mass mur- mass murdering yes. psychopath um, in terms of public perception uh, because uh, now the spoilers spoilers right off the bat for this movie um, yeah I, I don't I don't really think it's you pretty can. old you, you would have seen uh, it I'll just give just a brief synopsis it stars um, Robert, Robert, De Niro Robert De Niro in one of his first I don't think it was his first but it was it one was of one, his it's first, his first big one and is widely regarded as one of the best movies ever made, directed by Martin Scorsese, who... Yeah, yeah. first um, pairing for those two, I think. Might have to double-check that, but I think. Yeah. And uh, who, who, yeah, Scorsese also directed Casino, and yeah. Um, yeah. and Goodfellas, and Hugo, which we talked about last episode. And it's the start of Robert De Niro's proper method uh, period. Yeah, and, is- and so it's basically about Robert De Niro, who becomes a taxi driver, mm-hmm. and... Robert De Niro plays a, a ex-military... Um, Unhinged, uh, uh, what's that word when you can't sleep? Uh, um, insomniac. Inso- insomniac, who becomes a taxi driver in New York, and it's about his sort of unhinged life. It, it, it's just like about a, a period in his life. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking, it's brutal in, in bits. It's an interesting movie because he's definitely. Any, I, I really, when I watch a movie, I'm a really big sucker uh, for movies, usually. Um, I, I'm maybe a bit more discerning these days. Yeah. But for the most part, I can enjoy almost anything. Yeah. And it's because I, I really just get into it and empathize with the character. And this is a movie where you should not empathize with the main character that much because he is not a good guy. Um, no, he's very, he's very just odd. He's one of well, he's very like catcher in the rye. He is very close to being, um, to being like a mad gunman. You know, uh, wow, shit! I think we may, we might have accidentally been a bit topical. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and in fact, there has been or there have been copycat people who tried to emulate his action, his yeah. actions, and his look to. Um, assassin, like there was an assassination yeah. plot against um, Ronald Reagan, I think. That was basically where the guy, up. where the guy dressed up as Robert De Niro mm. and tried to kill him yeah. to impress Jodie Foster. <laughs> like was Jodie it, Foster's in this film. Yeah, yeah. One of like a thirteen-year-old in a thirteen, yeah, thirteen-year-old. Uh, she might, might, might be an orphan. No, she's not. She's, she's, she's a, a prostitute. She, yeah, she's a prostitute. She's got. A, a family though yeah so she's like a 13 year old she ran away from home yeah I mean Robert De Niro starts off as just as insomniac uh, he's clearly having a lot of problems from from uh, his time in very in very sort of distant yeah guy um, keeps a diary that gets more and more uh, just unsettling odd. and um, yeah he's, he's a quiet is, distant is, guy who's um, who who uh, is looking for something to do because he never sleeps. He becomes a taxi driver and he gets more... He gets progressively worse because of what he's exposed to. Um, 
in his job, which is a lot yeah. of he's in New York City crazy people, and he's one of those guys that he'll usually they they'll have sections where like a cabbie is you know can drive for basically wherever he wants, and so they usually stay away from certain areas. Robert yeah. De Niro drives anywhere; that's his thing. Um, Pick up anyone, drive anywhere. Yeah, and that exposes him to a lot of shit. the underbelly of. New York and some of the New York boroughs. Yeah, and somehow it gets it in his head that he's going to, like, take up arms and maybe assassinate the president? I don't know. It was a really... It it was a little bit confusing for me, this movie. Yeah, um, it's a bit confusing initially to sort of get a bit of an understanding of his motivations. So to me, it's like... He's this very... Like, he's this very sort of distant... um, Almost, I would say, maybe a bit... Asperger's? guy in that he doesn't in that he doesn't understand social interaction and is and is is unable to engage with people on like a like a regular level yeah he's definitely got something akin to that yeah he um when he wants to he has really normal interactions with people and when when he first uh interacts with the with Betsy or Betty, the the yeah. woman that he sort of stalks, basically. Yeah, um, but when he first interacts with her, but even that's a bit off. That's true. I'm trying to think of another time where he he spoke to someone and it was very when he talks candid. to Iris for the first time. That's right. That, it's, it's weird, but when they go and have breakfast, it's not the first time when they go and have breakfast, it's a bit more normal. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, no, I, I definitely got that feeling as well, it. because the times where he does speak normally, it does come across, I think, purposefully as a um, practiced act. Yeah. Some, like, uh, somewhere like along the line. Like when he speaks to the, um, to the Secret Service guy. Yeah, although, it's pretty, like, if that's pretty, that's, that's more pretty like menacing. Transparent as like what. Yeah, I don't know. But like. He's sort of, I, I sort of see his sort of motivation evolving from like the rejection of the what's the woman's I think name? Her name is Betsy? Betty. Yeah, Betsy. Or Betty. Betty, I think. Betsy. Who gives who gives a shit really? B. B. The, the woman. woman. The woman, the blonde woman. Yeah. Um and, and, and like it sort of it's like gets intensified a bit from that rejection. Yeah. And it gets fixated on her a little bit and the candidate. Yeah. And then he's gonna go he gets it in his mind. He wants to do something. He wants to. He has no idea. He, why. he wants to not just continue in this insomniac state, just plodding through life, never yeah. sleeping, just but saying, never being able to interact and actually like, like he sort of just goes through life. He's not able to break free from this like just monotony that he's found himself in, and he wants he, he wants also, to do something. And he's also getting one ex- of the, exposed to these. Like all these, all these crappy people. There's the really creepy dude who um, is going to murder his wife. Yeah, and tells him about it. Yeah, I'd say that's that's one of the that's yeah. one of the trigger points as well for yeah. his so eventual he, like evolution into guy who buys gun. Yeah, guy buys a lot of guns. Guy who buys a lot of guns and then does like has like a training montage <laughs> and holds his hand over a hot plate. Yeah. Um, or like a, sorry, a gas stove. That's what you do. Yeah. Harden up. He's got to do that. Um, no, what, 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 what I was, I, I was like, we're a bit confused about the whole murdering the presidential candidate thing. 
They came out of nowhere. But I think you shouldn't spend too much time thinking about why he was going to shoot that guy. It was more... Um, or, or, or anybody he, he decides to he shoot. I can it's, explain it's, why he was going to shoot that guy. But it, it's more just because, he, you know, he, he brings this uh, taxi... You remember he brings this uh, fellow taxi driver guy aside and he, he, he like sort of confesses a little bit to him, even though it's not really dealt with very well, that he just wants to do something. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that's that, why that's, that's why he goes through a bunch of different things without a and, lot of clear directions because he just he just he wants, wants to, to do, do something. something, and it's like, and that's kind of the whole thing that you were getting onto before about the whole crux of the movie is that fine line between someone who is a hero and someone who is yeah is yeah. a villain he's, is he's is like he just wanted to do something. He could have very easily tried to assassinate the presidential candidate. Yeah. But instead, he had a shootout with this pimp and a bunch of other guys and saved yeah. Jodie Foster. But, you know, it so wasn't him breaking down the door trying to save Jodie Foster. It was No, it was just the fact that he wanted to do something. And, and the, that was the first thing. thing that he tried to do didn't pan out. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and for me, it really it made me think about uh, public perception and... I, th- I think that's definitely a that point I, to the movie. Yeah, that I that idea of such a fine line between the two, and I and I definitely wasn't. I I didn't finish the movie thinking Robert De Niro's character was was a hero, and I don't think that's how you should finish the movie. No, it was, I don't know, it, it was, and again, uh, very fantastic performance by Robert De Niro, but I think we all know that at this point. Yeah, I think yeah he put in a very good performance. Um, Harvey Cartel was mm. pretty good performance. I think everybody did a really great job. Jodie Foster was like, it was very, like she had a very good performance, but it was very unsettling. Like it was child prostitution will do that too. Yeah, it was like I found watching all that very upsetting. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like the reason that we had just the casual way in which Harvey Cartel's character spoke about the child prostitution. The the like, reason that I mean that's the that's the reason that we we do have a little disclaimer somewhere in the description of the last episode saying you know don't if you're a fan of heart maybe don't watch Taxi Driver because it's the kind of movie where and it might not be the same scene for everyone but uh, if you're going to be slightly disturbed by a movie there's probably going to be a scene in it yeah work. yeah uh, and I think that you can very easily get disturbed by the violence in this movie although it is only really one scene that is violent and compared yeah. to a lot of the stuff that's released today. Watch any episode of Game of Thrones and it's far more violent. That's true, but there's something about that era in television. Yeah. Um, that a lot of great violent movies uh, came out of that at that era of, t- of, of Yeah, well, this movie was originally going to be refused classification and Scorsese had to retouch that final scene to yeah. give it the sepia tone that it's got um, mm. to, so the blood wasn't as bright yeah. and looked a bit more brown. Um, and I think that I, and he, the director has in fact said that he prefers it that way. And I think it, the effect worked very well, Mm. gave it a very like gloomy, dark, like almost, um, yeah, almost unnatural and doesn't feel real type feeling. Well, I don't know about that because I I was going to talk about how it, it, um, I liked, it was the first shootout I'd seen in a a really long time because not the done thing now. To have a shootout with no added sound or music. Yeah. Well, that, it's very quiet. Are you sure there wasn't sound? Um, I mean, I'd have to... 
I'm pretty sure there was like the soundtrack. So when he shoots the pimp, there's definitely no soundtrack. Yeah, it's yeah, and 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 there's not a strong soundtrack through the viol- through the violence scene. I didn't think. You sure? I'm not sure now. I was thinking of the pimp scene to be honest. Yeah. Okay. But in that pimp scene, I liked it because oh no, yeah, in that pimp scene and in the scene where he shoots the shoplifter or the the robber or whatever, um, those are both scenes where there's no music. And I think that's really important because um, pulling it like he did, both of those things are things that that you see and he would have seen in on TV and that are glamorized. Uh, glamorized, yeah. Um, like you know, the shoplifter comes, you're like, "Oh, I'll save you!" And he pulls the gun very quickly. The shopkeeper turns around. I mean, the shoplifter turns around and shoots him. And it's all very deaf because you know it's a bang, and the guy's just dead. There's no big hero scene. Yeah, there's it. A- is very much a big disconnect between that action and it seemingly has no consequence yeah. on the rest of the film other than the way it will yeah. that it inevitably affects his psyche. It's like, and, and just getting back to your point about no soundtrack mm. in a shootout, I think the last movie I watched that had a similar sort of thing was um, No Country for Old Men, which has no soundtrack uh, and that, lots that of shooting. does really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that sort of jarring. Different, different ways to it. I think it brings a lot yeah. more weight to the shootout. If you want, if you want to focus on the loss of life, how serious that is, then no sound is definitely the way to go. It definitely sets. It's a very strong thematic yeah. and tone setting choice to have no soundtrack. Yeah, like it, I think I feel like the decision for if you're a director is, uh, is this okay? Like, are we shooting bad guys here? In, you know, is this Jason Bourne? Yeah. Like, how then we we'll put a soundtrack over people... it because it's 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 fine. It's like a good guy shooting bad guy. If and, you and don't like, want people to yeah, think like how it. how do we want people to 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 feel like when it is a good guy, Jason Bourne yeah. shooting a bad guy? You want to have that soundtrack so it's like feels like a triumphant moment when he finally overcomes and kills the bad right. guy. No sound it, it leaves you room to think. Yeah. About the fact that that guy just died. Yeah. You know. Um, and his body's still there and it's after it afterwards and there's no music and you sort of just got to deal with it I really like I really like that um, a few tidbits to, to note about this I'm a bit of a Robert De Niro fan mm-hmm. uh, so uh, talk about the method uh, De Niro spent uh, a couple of months can't remember uh, driving cabs and yeah. almost was never recognised he was recognised a couple of times uh, to get ready for it and he, he did a pretty good job uh, which I thought was really cool. The other thing to note about this is this movie almost came out at a pretty serious time uh, because these were two guys who would become very well-known actors, but at the time weren't very weren't very well-known. De Niro was known a bit. Uh, Rocky came out the same day as Taxi Driver. Right. And there was a big fight. So both of them were very worried that one would eclipse the other, especially Stallone, who put his... He, he wrote Rocky... Put his whole, uh, put put everything Life on the savings. line to play Rocky, even though everybody told him not to play Rocky. And the last hurdle was De Niro and his taxi driver, and both did well. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Rocky, Rocky talk, of course, won the Oscar. Yeah, both of them talk about like walking, you know, around the cinema, being like, "What's where are people going?" You know, like, is yeah. this going to be totally drowned out? So I think that was a pretty good. It, in terms of days in cinema, it was a pretty good day for cinema. That day. <laughs> Yeah, two classics. Yeah. 
Um, and that's I think there's a movie later on that, that, that plays on that. I've actually seen that. There's a there's uh, there's a really kind of crummy boxing movie. Yeah, which where it is has like, Stallone and De Niro fighting each other. And, yeah, that's more a reference to Raging Bull. Um, well, De Niro no, being... the the reason that they were, uh, were fighting is because they had a bit of a famous rivalry, and that came from Taxi oh, Driver okay. and Rocky. Um, yeah, go watch Taxi Driver. It's Maybe definitely, definitely, not, definitely not a kids movie. So, no. Yeah, definitely not a kids like, movie. Yeah, very adult, but it it has a rock solid reputation for a reason. Yeah, very well made movie. It's it's a much more as movies with big, um, you know, places in history kind of thing. Uh, Taxi Driver is a pretty simple one, I think. It's a very it's a very simple premise. It's just him. It's about him. He's a bit of a crazy I th- guy. I think, I think the story is probably... The story is relatively straightforward, but there are a lot of themes at play and a lot that you can unpack and analyse about the film. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's taxi one, one thing. I, one thing I did just kind of want to finish up on was the... Right. Um, I really appreciated the soundtrack. Like... Yeah. It was a lot of, like, timpanis and... Um, like saxophone and brass instruments and like just you just don't have soundtracks like that anymore yeah and i feel like that sort of really set the tone for a lot of movies to come after it in terms of the soundtrack yeah there was a um i think i had a different reaction to the soundtrack because the thing i remember about that is the really long shot at the end yeah uh which to be honest i skipped after a while i don't know if it aged very well um the intro i thought was fine you know very very old like the soundtrack and the intro and ending were very yeah. old school. Yeah, they do it. They do an extended intro with credits at the start, which is yeah. cool, and I I like that. Which happens in some movies, but it's not as common yeah. nowadays as it used to be. But movies usually just get straight into it. The ending scene is sort of a bit artsy. <laughs> I felt you know it's it's like feel something scene where it's a long it's this, yeah. this long drawn out thing with a very loud, very sort of uh, aggressive, unsettling sound. For a yeah. long time, as it sort of pans out, and I thought... So, so I read a thing about that ending scene, and the whole kind of point where it's like he sees someone in the mirror, like, he sees something in the mirror and, like, switches the mirror. Like, the whole thing is, like... Yes, yes, is, is the, that. Like, that's meant to be where the movie can start again. Like, those... That start and ending scene can be connected together. Right. So, it's, like, the whole theme of he was just, like... Imagining it? No, 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 no. That that is another theory about the movie, and that like the whole thing in the end about him the, being a hero and stuff is all just his like hallucinations yes, yeah. as he dies. There are some slight, um, but I, want, I just want to finish my yeah, point yeah, first. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote it sort of wrote that to be like, um, that bit there could be where the story just starts up again and the movie starts again, or it's like he's gonna go and do something like. Crazy, insane, going to go out and do something. Yeah, yeah. Again. There are a few moments where it's a, sort of a, a classic um, filmy way of saying, saying that something's being imagined, you know, like, or something, something's amiss. And that's one of them where it's, just, it's sort of a jumpy cut to him moving the yeah moving the mirror. He thinks he sees something in the mirror. Um, I wondered about that. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, we talked about this for, for a, a, a wee minute. We we minute. A second. Uh, All right, so, so yeah. I wanted to talk about a different other movie. 
a different uh, other, other a different movie. movie. Yeah. It's a very different movie. Uh, Which I is think, out this week. And I think I'm, I'm just talking about this. You haven't seen it yet? No. So I watched Warcraft. And this is a very delicate matter for me because um, some of my one of my best friends, Peter not included, um, uh, he, our mate Chris, our mate Chris, who was on the podcast, uh, my goal is to not upset him, <laughs> and uh, and our other friends who play WoW, and that is a tall order because there's all you know it's just the nature of things, um, and spoilers, my review of this movie is going to be pretty positive. And they're not going to be okay with that. <laughs> so I, I, I really went into this movie. I, I gathered all the knowledge that I had about WoW, which is sort of minimal, but a, a bit. Um, I played the game. I played. I only played WoW for for a small stint. Um, I never hit Endgame. I never did any of that kind of stuff. So really, I, I couldn't shouldn't talk about about that too much. But I really like the lore, and I did go on a binge ages ago. You know, I was fascinated. I did spend a while, a while on Wowpedia and 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 all that kind of shit. Um, so I went into this movie with that kind of knowledge base. And guys, I'm going to say it. I like I like Warcraft. I'd watch it again. Oh, it was bloody entertaining. Um, it doesn't hurt that it has Travis Fimmel in it. Of uh, Vikings, of Vikings fame. fame, and God, I love him. <laughs> He's is such he, a great. Does he keep his accent, or is he like a British accent? You know what? He keeps his. He he almost keeps his um, accent from Vikings. That's what I was meaning. Oh right, because he's Australian. Travis Mill is Australian. Yeah, Travis Mill is from Melbourne. What? He's got a very Australian accent. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, he's from somewhere outside Melbourne. It's rural. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but he has a. Uh, he I has thought he a... was like Scandinavian. No, but he has a really good Scandinavian accent. He does a great Scandinavian accent. And he kind accent. of, he kind of, in this movie, I he think, kind of I... gives gives his character a, a Scandinavian accent as well. Maybe he just never was able to get out of it <laughs> after Vikings. A really great physical actor, Travis Fimmel. If you ever want to see him, he um, he's got a real presence on screen. Yeah, he, um, he's really good physically. Uh, and when I when I say that, I mean like in, in the proper sort of physical actor way, where in action scenes he's great, but also he's he moves a lot and he is very expressive in his movement. Um, so that's why he's so good for playing Ragnar, who is kind of a bit mad and very energetic, and he can get mad really quickly, and and he can be really quiet and dangerous really quickly. And Travis Mel does that really well. Yeah. There's a scene where um, in Vikings where. Uh, uh, Ragnar is betrayed uh, pretty badly like a, a family betrayal in season 4 to give it away and he, he just oh, he has this great performance you know they say sometimes to underact but this was the moment to overact right? <laughs> you know and it's just like this is how you repay my love and he like beats his chest and he's great and, and he brings that to this role yeah um, and now I've already betrayed Chris because I've gotten Varian Rin and Anduin Rin mixed up, <laughs> but I think Anduin is the son. Um, Travis Fimmel plays, I'm going to say Anduin. Um, yes, I'm going to say Anduin. Uh, Lothar, who is, who is, uh, this sort of, he, he's this Alliance hero. He's, he's pre Varian Rin. And the, and, the, and the proper alliance. Um, he's basically like this general military guy. Right. Is he the king? No. No, no, no. Um, he's just... The, he's a commander? Yeah. Why don't you explain what the movie... Like, the general right. premise of the movie is. So, uh, 
WoW fans, uh, this movie isn't for WoW fans, I don't think, specifically for them. Um, I think making a World of Warcraft movie to satisfy WoW fans is nigh impossible. And it's definitely impossible to make one that would be financially successful. Um, I was reading somewhere this has been the most successful video game movie of yeah. all time. And which for good is reason. Crazy. For good reason. I think they chose the right path here, as in they chose something that was. We're going to make a good movie. Standing on its own, Warcraft the Beginning is a really good movie. Um, obviously, there's a lot of CGI in it, and that was my biggest concern yeah. going in. How would you, uh, sorry? C- continue with explaining this. Do you want me to explain the, the story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the story. Don't, don't go through the whole story. This is just set. The this is set in the uh, what is known as I'm pretty sure the first war. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when it's when the orcs first came to Azeroth uh, from their homeland. So the orcs come from this place where there's orcs and there's Draenei, um, and it used to be this cool, lush world, and the fell which is this uh, green demon magic, uh, warlock magic, the kind of magic that feeds off life, Yeah, uh, has made its presence really heavily known on their home world. Um, so they're not from... all. The, I think all the, all the other races in Azeroth, right, who were introduced at various points in, in the lore, are from somewhere on their world. Yeah. Orcs are not from Azeroth. Orcs are from, if you don't know this, from where orcs are from a different dimension entirely. They're like okay. pretty much aliens. Yeah. Uh, and they come through a dimensional portal, which in the login screen, wow, that, that's what you see. It's this sort of big gate with these two cowled figures side by side. If you played wow like me just a little bit, you'd recognize that. Uh, so, yeah, their world is dying from this screen magic. Uh, demon magic. This guy is all called, called Gul'dan, who's pretty well known in, in WoW lore. He's uh, in Hearthstone. He's in Hearthstone. Uh, he's a hero in Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. Gul'dan's all about Datfell, right? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he's all about Datfell so much that Datfell has pretty much totally changed him. He's uh, He's got the green skin. Another really interesting thing that some people who are just surface level fans of WoW might not know is that orcs aren't green. That's important. They're sort of skin-coloured with uh, ambery eyes. Um, they are green in, in WoW, or some of them are, because they're touched by the fell. So uh. Gul- Gul'dan uh, gives them the fell, which sort of powers them up, but at the same time connects them to this shitty thing. Right. And doing all this is totally f***s their world. Uh, it turns to ash and desert, and they're looking for a new one. So, with the help of someone who I won't say to spoil the plot, on the other side, in Azeroth, uh, Gul'dan opens this gate. Right. And sends the Horde through. Well, a portion of the Horde, anyway. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the movie. That's, that's the basic premise. Um, and for, for, for surface-level fans of WoW, again, um, there's a lot of characters you don't recognise in this show, in this movie. It's, it's a slightly before all the characters that you would know from Hearthstone, for instance, Pete. Uh, came into it right so these are the daddies so this is of all sort of like the, the origin story i suppose this is the the, the yeah, proper the first war the origin story um and what i like this about probably this probably told in one of the warcraft games not the world of warcraft like the oh that game. i'm not sure about i'm sorry but it, chris pro- but i didn't play was. the warcraft warcraft probably games. was anyway yeah I, I, i'm trying to remember everything i did some research for this <laughs> 
I'm trying to sell this. It's really, and I think it does a really good job. What it does a really good job is um, is showing that um, you in the game in WoW you play, you can choose to play on the Alliance or the Horde, and that's important because uh, despite uh, you Alliance weebs disagreeing, the Horde is cool, and there are some really good people in the Horde, and this movie does a really good job of showing that because you've got characters on, you've got people like Travis Fimmel doing a great job of being likable on the Alliance side. And you've got these really cool characters on the other side. So uh, the two main characters would be Travis Mill and uh, Juratan, who's Thrall's father. You would know Thrall, right? Uh, you play him in Hearthstone. He's one of the coolest characters in WoW. People oh. like him on either sides. Right, okay. Yeah, Thrall, he's like one of the... He's the, the shaman guy. Yeah, one of like the first orc shamans. He's... He's just a he's an all around cool dude, right? And this is this is his dad, okay, Duratan, who is a little bit suspicious about this sort of green magic crap, and uh, he's not buying it. So anyway, Duratan's not buying it. He's like, oh, I don't want to be all about that fell. You look pretty does messed up. It, does he say <laughs> it like that? Yeah, the whole thing's kind of gangster. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so uh, Duratan and his clan, the Frostwolves. Uh, not so into Datfell, and they don't want to really want to be green, um, and they're kind of like the good guys on the horde side. Um, I don't really want to give too much away, because I really hope I think okay, you should right, see it. Um, but uh, try and like it seems it seems to me that you kind of just said it's good. What's why is it a good movie in your opinion? Well, first of all, the CGI doesn't really bother me. I thought right. it would, but it kind of doesn't. Probably because there's so much CGI, it's uh, it doesn't look out of place because it's. Is it bad CGI? No. The only I think it's quite good. The, certainly the, the things that you want to focus on, they're good. Right. So uh, the orcs are really good. They're really different and badass. And uh, they, you know, what are the, expressions, what are the fights, they move What are the really fights well? like? Like, would you, would you compare the fights more to The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings? Like, how, <laughs> we how, only... Into, now, in terms of the feel, like, because, like, in Lord of the Rings, the fights felt really kinetic and right, um, yeah. not just all just CGI guys bashing against each other and it didn't feel very real, whereas The Hobbit yeah. was like, like, Lord of the Rings, it felt kinetic and practical, like, this was actually happening, because yeah. they did a lot of it practically. Yeah. Whereas The Hobbit was, was all just like, just crazy, we'll do crazy CGI garbage yeah um it's really mixed okay. so the thing that doesn't really play out well but was never going to i think it's really difficult um is anything involving magic right right so uh medivh all his spells eh, you know are very cgi right very glowing rings and shit um and that's kind of bad but it's it, it's okay because it's magic. And it, yeah. it can look a little bit weird. Uh, how, so how that like looks very hand to hand fight. That looks very CGI. There are some fights that do look really, really good. Um, there's a little bit of of uh, the Hobbit fighting when you have uh, got the the humans fighting orcs, which happens not as much as you think. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not I, I, the physical stuff is pretty good. Okay, and 
certainly there's a there's a really I'm gonna spoil things now a little bit. No, don't do that. Don't spoil it. Uh, okay. I will not tell you how this ends, but you knew it was coming. So okay. obviously Duratan not into that or that fell and eventually is gonna try and do something about it. Right. And so he has a a, a Mukra. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> right. Which is like a um, orc tradition because they're all about honor and, and tradition and stuff. Uh, it's ba- it's just a challenge. So the way that you, you can challenge a war chief or a chieftain um, for their position in right. uh, fights the death, uh, and that's called a mukra. Um, and Duratan challenges Gul'dan to one, um, and that is a great fight scene. Like it's okay. the kind of thing where I finished the movie and I YouTubed it. It's already up there. The little, the, like the six minute fight. Yeah. And watched it a couple of times. It's 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 really good. Okay. Um. And it and I think what was difficult and what they pulled off really well is that um, it's kind of, it feels important for a, for a movie that's based off a game that is so fantasyful and to it's make so anything cut, feel it's so cartoonish. Yeah, as well. To make you feel anything, it's it, an achievement. It's a bit of an achievement. How um, would you say that? Would you say it's a good story? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's a really good one to pick because it doesn't have the really well-known uh, characters in WoW in it. It has those, you know, auxiliary guys, the sort of prequel guys. Yeah. And so, um, first of all, you leave yourself less open, right? Not doing Thrall, not doing Varian, although I, he, he's there as a child. Right. Um, it makes things easier because those characters are the ones where, you know, people will judge you harshly if you get these wrong. Yeah. Um, with these guys, you know, it's a little bit less known. Okay. Well, I think you've, you've definitely convinced me. Yeah. I think you, or you would, you would enjoy it, um, a lot because you're just a regular movie goer who knows yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, I, I know next to nothing about the whale lore. There's some cool things that you, know, you'll, you'll be like, oh, I know that because yeah. there's a lot. Um, Is there any Hearthstone references? Well, there's a Murloc reference. No, I mean, like, is there any, like, Hearthstone card references? Like, people playing Hearthstone? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but if you played Hearthstone, Actually, you'll be cool, like... That's one of the coolest things about Overwatch, is on a bunch of the monitors, they have Hearthstone. <laughs> just, you know, yeah. like, you can just go into rooms where there's just computer, computer monitors and they've got Hearthstone playing. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Orc horde sayings and stuff that come right. into it. You know, so like, there's a bunch of... There's those, a scene on... There's it. a bunch of, like, just the WoW lore that is in... Yeah. Hearthstone in general. Yeah, and if you play Hearthstone, you'll be like, oh, I understand that now. So a lot of the stuff Thrall says, for instance, is stuff based on all these characters that he's trying to remember. So he says stuff stuff like For the Frost Wolves. Um, Now, that makes sense. That's Juritan's clan and Thrall's clan. Yeah. Uh, And for Doomhammer, he refers to Ogrim Doomhammer, who's my personal favorite character. Uh, He's... (laughs) He's just the he's just Duratan's sidekick. He's a pretty one dimensional. He's a cool dude, but he's pretty. He's he's got his massive goddamn hammer. He's a bit short and stubby, big, <laughs> big bald. He's got a great. He, the back of his head is one of the greatest animated things ever in CGI. <laughs> it looks like the back of a bald man's head. You know how it's a little weird looking yeah. at the back of a bald man's head. There's a if he, if he moves his head back a little bit, there's this there's that like wrinkle. That- yeah, fat sack. He has a fat sack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when he says for Doomhammer, he means for for that guy, Ogrim, yeah, and and Ogrim's, 
you know, clan. Are there like no? Are there gnomes and dwarves in it? No, that's kind of the more depressing thing. Is it just orcs there's and one gnomes? shot of some um, some elves, right? Uh, but so is there's it... there's a few dwarves, but very briefly, they're cool, but very briefly, and no mention of anything else. So for but... me, as a really big horde guy, it was kind of depressing because see, it's like, only it's it's it's, it's, it's just the it's the, orcs the, horde, humans, the original basically. horde. Yeah. Um. So. No trolls, none. Uh, no trolls, no tauren. Which is really depressing, because I really would have loved to have seen how they did a tauren. Well, that'll be for the next one. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was really cool. Um, it's definitely more of a orc lovers movie than uh, than a filthy human lovers movie. <laughs> Sorry, did that slip out? <laughs> you, do get, you get to see a lot of the coolness that is orcs. You get to see... Uh, ooh, what's his name? The original Black Hand. Rend? Not Rend. <laughs> that, I, Definitely that's, not Rend. That's the only one I know from... Oh, I can't remember his name, time. but uh, Black Hand is the chieftain of the orcs at the time. Because Gul'dan can't be actually chieftain of the orcs because he's so not orcish. <laughs> he's very creepy. He's got... He's glowing... Like, how would they trust him to begin with is what I'm worried about because he's been fucking around with this fell so much. He's got, like, six rows of, like, horn spikes growing out of his back uh, that aren't orc things. Orcs don't have those. <laughs> They're just growing out of him. His eyes glow. He's an old man, but he, he's really strong. He's, he's, like, like, he's wily. There's a bunch of magic pumping through him. And he soul rips people, which is done really well. Uh, proper, like, mage-style magic. Just blue floaty CGI rings. Not great. Uh, warlock magic, though. Looks I think really it's cool. really cool. Yeah, he's... The way he steals their life from them, um, and if they it, like, um, they do a great job of, of doing that. You know, making them sort of age a little bit, and their skin becomes transparent. Hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Orcs are cool, man. Yeah. Okay. And this black cool. hand chieftain well, I... guy wears two velociraptor skulls on either both of his shoulders. <laughs> so, <laughs> and mascara because that's can be manly. If an orc, if an orc can do uh, it, I've seen semi-pro. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if uh, cheated the orcs, wears mascara. I feel it's okay for everyone. <laughs> Stay tuned. Next episode, Sam wears mascara. Sam wears mascara. <laughs> uh, I've got a spin-off channel, guys. If you don't know on YouTube, I review makeup. <laughs> uh, Those channels are so popular, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should do it. Maybe you should. Maybe I should dress up as an orc. <laughs> <laughs> Just paint your face like orange. We could do um we could do a Sam and Pete review makeup and we have no idea what we're talking about. That would be I've got a watch I've that. got a little sister who has plenty of makeup comment which I can go for. Comment <laughs> if you would watch that or not. So that's my that's my review of Warcraft. Um, I was really scared about saying that I liked it, but I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, um, Chris. Cool. I hope I did you justice. Uh, I I did Google a bunch before this episode. Didn't really come up, unfortunately. But I did Google it. Yeah, cool. All right. Walk TV right. shows. Do you want to start? I've been talking for a while. Okay. Um. So I want to start out by talking about a show called Soulmates, which was a six episode like mini series done for ABC Two on the Australian home broadcaster. So you know it's good. It is good. It yeah. is great. It's on Netflix, Australian Netflix, probably not on any other Netflix, but it's on Australian Netflix. 
Um, well, finally, some exclusive that we have. <laughs> oh, we've got some great stuff. So there's like Round the Twist. And... Why can't I watch Penny Dreadful? Why can Americans watch Penny Dreadful on Netflix and I cannot? Is it on Netflix in, in America? In America, yep. Hmm. They, can't, they can't watch all the seasons of Round the Twist. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Or <laughs> The Castle. America, Round the Twist is a weird show. It is an odd show. They do show. some weird stuff in it is. I I never liked that show. It, it, it unsettled me, and yeah. I watched stuff like uh, Curious Tales for Gruesome Kids. Gruesome. That Tales was also me. distressing as well. Yeah, but but anyway, um, yeah, Soulmates. It's made by these guys that did a YouTube channel called Bondi Hipsters, oh. which was basically just a takeoff of like the evolution of like hipster culture and like. Oh, it's it's vegan, and I'm drink, drinking my quadruple espresso made from uh, Colombian beans from that have been shipped from the Himalayas, breathed on by a monk. Yep, um, I do my yoga, <laughs> yoga, yoga, man. Yeah, I have my fashion brown. <laughs> That's how I talk. The Bondi hipsters. Um, yeah. So much. so it's like um, the two main guys. Um, who do that YouTube channel, make the show, and they've right. got, like, it's basically, they've got, like, four different um, time periods. And it's, the whole idea is, like, these two best mates throughout history. So they've got them as cavemen. They've got them as Kiwi assassins in the 70s. you got to see that. Kiwi yes, assassins. It is, it is just <laughs> highly offensive to New Zealanders, but, but they're it's, good it's hilarious. They're good spirited. They're, um, they've got the Bondi hipsters... And which they redo a lot of bits from their um, YouTube channel, but it's it's fine. Okay. Um, and then they've got them in the future as time travel travel agents. That's fantastic. Yeah, I want to see this so immediately. It's a, yeah, it's a bunch of really creative things. Okay, so so the 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 one of the greatest things about this show is the names of the Kiwi assassins. Yeah, they're called Terry Thinge. Thunge. Thunge. Terry Thunge. you got to put as many thuns in there. And Roger Blade. Roger. Roger, Roger Blade. And, and Thunge are the two Kiwi assassins. Roger Blade. Yeah. Um, That's great. You know what customs you screen anybody with the last name Blade? Yeah. Roger Roger Blade is an ex-pest um, control guy who, who loves his work. He's taking control of bigger pests now. Yeah. And um and Terry and Thinge is um Thunge. he's a he's a disgraced rugby union player from Waitiki Tiki. He he stuffed up like the final goals like final penalty kick to win the game and he missed. Crumbled under pressure. And their first mission is to um is to go to Australia and assassinate Russell Crowe's bunny so that he'll come back to New Zealand and yeah. become an actor in New Zealand rather than growing up in Australia and Australia taking laying claim to Russell Crowe. Now, if there's one man I wouldn't mess with, it's Russell Crowe. It's the Russell, guy seems legitimately tough. It's, it's Russell Crowe is like a 13-year-old child. He's, oh. he's, he's, <laughs> he's like this adorable, like, maybe even like 10-year-old kid. <laughs> does he have, and, a, beard? And they, does and he have they, a beard? He should have a beard. He doesn't have a beard, a but he's got a great mullet. And... Um, oh. and uh, yeah, they've got to assassinate his bunny because it's the only thing keeping him in Australia. He loves that bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch this immediately. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, that's great. 
Um, so I just want to give a bit of a shout out to that show because yeah. it is it is legitimately very clever. Well, when did and, when did it air? Uh, last year. It's probably still end of last year. The ABC keeps things for a fair, a fair whack of time. Um, I'm I'm not sure if there'd be any episodes, but the whole the whole six episodes are on Netflix, so you can watch it there. Um, and they're doing it. They're doing a second season. If you're American, you could use a VPN to be Australian. (laughs) Something that's never been done before. That'd be nice. It's probably possibly on YouTube. I don't know. Um, but there, there you if if you can't get access to it, watch it on. YouTube, watch the um, Bondi Hipsters YouTube channel because that's yeah. very funny. Give you well. a sort of a taste. If you can't yeah. get access to to that, and if you can't get access to the Bondi YouTube channel, uh, I would suggest um, liking us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll hook you up somehow. That won't help, <laughs> uh, but it'll help us. It surely will. Yeah. Facebook.com slash be with Sam Peter. Instagram yeah. ab with sp. Ab with sp. Then send them to a B with SP. We hate those AB guys. A B with SP. We hate them. Yeah, but um, so that's that's the Kiwi assassins and Bondi hipsters. No, that's and the, ca- the cavemen. Like the whole idea is that one of them is like scientifically progressive, and the other one's just like a caveman. He's trying to invent the wheel, or like he discovers fire and um Ooh, has like existential crises about God, like, <laughs> and yeah. Now to talk about something is equally intellectually challenging. Have you seen How to Train Your Dragon? Race to the Edge, the TV series that's on Netflix. I have not. Well, you should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I. Uh, so I. Is this on the same level of your like first episode Yu-Gi-Oh addiction? No, no. Uh, this is a genuinely fantastic TV show. I love this TV show. Does it have all the same voice actors? Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's a pretty good get. Oh man, I'm hooked. <laughs> I, I find myself thinking oh I'm going to watch some Orange is the New what am I going to watch Orange is the New Black Spartacus um, Rake Rake Game of Thrones Rake no no, no. I'm going to watch How to Train Your Dragon <laughs> <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon is, a, um, is on, on Netflix uh, and it's a TV series uh, with all the same voice actors as the first movie that's set uh, after the first movie before the second one and it's about a Hiccup and his dragon crew, who are slightly older than the first movie, younger than the second. Uh, they find this map, and then it shows them all these other other stuff outside the little archipelago where they originally live in the first movie. And they're going out, and they're discovering new dragons, and new things happen every week. There's, and you're looking at me like I'm crazy, bonding. but it's great. <laughs> it's great. There's that evil same, dragon same rider. like quality of animation as the movie. It's slightly worse. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like, but the only times you see it is when it's as close up of someone's face. Right. Or if you're looking at... The, most of the dragons look the same. Toothless looks much more detailed. In the know. movie or in the show? In the show. In the show, it's, oh no, sorry. In the movie, it's he's right. in more detail. Yeah, just but, but it's it pretty much it's the same quality, and it's it's great. It's great. I don't care who knows it. <laughs> I, I, when I first uh, watched Hannah Train Your Dragon, I, I loved it, man. I was I have I have a ten year old brother, and I was loving it way more than him. <laughs> was, yeah, that's it's, was, it's, a really good movie. I've not seen the second one, though, and you, now you, you bring it you up very much. Like, you I, very much. I, I want to go and see um, it because the second one is especially if you see the TV show and then this one. The second movie, uh, which I just rewatched, and it's also on Netflix. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Um, 
It's he's it, and I I think what's the animation just makes everybody look younger. But the second movie is meant to be set. Uh, Hiccup is meant to be twenty years old. They right. mention that, um, and it's a bit more serious. And and I think there's a as an actual thing that I can relate to in these movies. Um, the first one I have to think back to when I was a child, obviously to relate to that. But the second one, it's 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 it hits you, I think, a bit harder if you're if you are us, uni student, you've just finished university and you're going out into this wide world. You're you're now like a more uh, properly a man in the sense that what you do now defines you, you defines you and fucking hell, don't say that, yeah. mate. And he's faced with that. He's faced with that because that's a terrifying thought that I don't want to be thinking yeah. about right now. Well, the shot, oh, yeah, man. There is no one to protect Hiccup. Because Hiccup rides a Night Fury, and he's got cool dragon armor now, which is really badass. Um, he is the big man. Is now. How to Train Your Dragon two on Netflix? Don't know. Don't know. But you, you can watch it by some nefarious means. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a will, uh, there's know, a way. I would really recommend you you watch it because yeah, okay. yeah it's more of him going uh, dealing with a problem himself and. Um, there are certain things that he deals with better than his father, and and uh, he's he, you know it's about him sort of deciding who he'll be. Inevitably, he has to be chief of the tribe, but he can be a different chief. You can be you know, and so there's definitely as a guy as well. There's definitely something you can relate to. On there's a really great father and son relationship in those movies that holds it together really well. Stoic, his dad is um, is a really good dad. He reminds me a lot of my dad. I'm a, a skinny, um, slightly nerdy dude. Uh, definitely, uh, I have a good relationship with my dad, but my dad is a, is like a stoic. He's well, first of all, he's very stoic. He's bearded. He's quite large, um, and he has done a series of. He, my dad has a lot of has done a lot of stuff, all very physical. Um, and they had that thing where where they they're both nice guys, and they both like each other but there's no common ground yeah um so i I, yeah i think it's a good relationship and you introduced hiccup's mother Hmm. who is represents that other side of him yeah you know she's loves dragons and she's very smart she's thinking about outside things she's very much not like stoic and he realizes that he's more like stoic than he thinks his mum is more is too extreme you know for him almost Sometimes you've got to care about little things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of depth to the to the, to the How to Train Your Dragon series. I know it's just a kids thing, and, and yeah, it works but, really well. But, but the best kids movies can always be enjoyed by adults. Like I, I really yeah. want to go see Finding Nemo because uh, not Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. Finding that's out this Finding week. Nemo almost, Finding Nemo was fantastic. <laughs> Finding Nemo has almost transcended that too much because my little brother. Uh, Liked how to train your dragon as well as I did, right? Yeah, he liked the dragons and um, has he got no interest in no interest Nemo? in Nemo? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's too oh, lovely for him. Man, yeah. I remember when Toy Story three came out. Like I saw that the first day it came out. There were out. more grown men in that cinema than there were children <laughs> when I saw it. <laughs> I won't go that far, um, but I saw it at night. Yeah, but in a rundown part of town. <laughs> <laughs> The city yeah. underbelly of New York. So, guys, if you haven't seen any of that, go for it. Okay, maybe you won't enjoy How to Train Dragon. Maybe I'm just being childish, but it's really great. I, I really respond to things with a lot of thought put into the background of them. 
Um, I'm thinking of Aragorn not because of the dragons, but actually because of all the other stuff. Uh, or, mm. or Lord of the Rings. How to Dragon has that quality. The rich where, lore. Yeah, it, it is very rich. Um, it's based on a series of novels, isn't it? Yeah and, yeah, and in the books, the dragons, there's a bunch of different dragons. They all have cool names. They're all well thought out. They're very unique. Um, so you can really kind of get into it. Yeah, it's cool. cool. You want to know more about it. Yeah. And I think the characters have done really well. Okay. Yeah. So... How I'm gonna I'm gonna completely shift gears here. Oh, before before we should get into this, you might you might think, huh? They're still talking about TV shows. This this episode's gonna be a bit longer, guys. Yeah, just um, because like we, we thought recorded in like at three weeks again. Yeah, we thought we'd give a little bit more. Yeah, we we and there's like a bunch of stuff that we've seen and want to talk about, and we felt like we need to have this episode as sort of like a catch-up episode. Yeah. And then we'll start to get into a bit more of your regularly scheduled Beer with Sam and Peter next week. So this week's going to be a bit of a longer episode, but <laughs> you obviously... Scheduled. <laughs> Regular. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the aim. That's the goal. Yeah. Aspirational target, Sam. Good to have Sam. goals. Good, good to have goals. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to completely switch gears here from How to Train Your Dragon and talk about a show... Which is not about upbeat, like yep. loving family, fun times with dragons. Um, it's Louis C.K.'s new show, which he released recently, called Horace and Pete. Okay. Which is like um, the whole idea is it um, filmed as a sitcom, sitcom with no laugh track, and it's um, the the sort of uh, sort of connected thing of the show is that. It's about these two guys, Horace and Pete, paid by Steve Buscemi and Louis C.K. Right. Um, and they own this bar called Horace and Pete's, which is like a family-owned bar in New York, which has been passed down from generation to generation, always owned by Horace and um, run by a Pete. Okay. Yeah. So it's passed down through the family between Horace and Pete's. They're all named Horace and Pete. From generation to generation. It's been open for 200 years or something. Okay. Um, and sort of the whole sort of theme and cut and, and idea of the show is it's meant to be, it's sort of comedic, but it's very, very darkly comedic and it's more just depressing. Well, that sounds like Louis C.K. to a T, doesn't it? But it's, it's Louis C.K. to like his most extremely dark, oh. um, and like it isn't. It's not. It, 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 it the sort of trappings are of a sitcom, but it's not really a sitcom. Yeah, because it's 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 more about like having real like getting into real, really digging into real issues and exploring and unpacking like. Family dynamics like domestic violence and Ugh, sounds dangerous. Like yeah, like like exploring domestic violence and um and religion and like motivate like what motivates people. That's and, a, like, that's a title of the podcast that would really turn people away. <laughs> we'll call this one exploring <laughs> domestic, domestic violence. violence. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Um. It covers issues like uh, why someone would cheat on someone and like relationships and the complexity of family life and yeah and mental illness as well 
and it has one of the most powerful endings um of a of a TV there's 10 episodes in total and it has one of the most powerful endings of a TV show I think or, or I've almost ever seen wow I'm not it is I want so, to see this or not. so um like the whole idea is it, it sort of draw it's got a very sort of stage play feel okay um in that it's all like one single set basically is in this but there's like a number of like loca- there's the the bar and then the like room upstairs oh, yeah. are sort of like the two locations where the show takes place and it's one single fixed camera and for basically for a, for most of the shows just one single fixed camera fixed perspective um it's like a filmed stage play yeah and it's sort of the sort of idea is that there goes back to the um, original like Greek and Rome and Roman plays and stuff where it had there were the when when you went out and saw a dramatic performance there were the two side there were the two possible things you could see you could see there were the two sides from the mask there was the comedy and the tragedy and this is a tragedy mm-hmm. a very tragic story about a group of broken people and their lives and like really examining that and sort of telling that story and it's not uplifting and it's not always pleasant to watch. My face but is sort I, of like falling. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. But, but I think, I think like powerful stories and interesting stories don't have to have a happy ending. Yeah. Like it, it is a, it is a real downer. So like if, <laughs> if it, it is a real downer and if you're not having a great time, Maybe don't watch People it. People are just like, away, you know. Like, just like, <laughs> like, like it's not a happy, uplifting yeah, yeah. show to watch, but it does really examine like parts of society and try and be digging deep into issues that just don't get talked about on TV, like stuff like domestic violence, and it talks mm. about stuff like the difference between liberals and conservatives and American politics, and it's somewhat topical in that way and just like the way that people like the way that men and women talk to each other and like and why people make the decisions they do and the tragedy of not having motivation and and the the tragedy of like it's a very real show like tv shows are an idealized um like scripted like well, they're, they're stylized. They're, they're stylized yeah. and, but they are almost a romantic, uh, for the most part, and sitcoms especially, are a romantic, unrealistic view of the world. Mm. Whereas this is very real and tells a very real story, I think. And I think it tells a very powerful story and I think people should watch it. Okay. Um, yeah. There are funny moments in that, in that, in a very darkly humorous way, but it is mostly about feeling sad. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, you um, need to watch that. What's that? Horace and Pete. Yes. Okay. Horace and Pete. It's available on Louis C.K.'s website. I will steal myself and then watch it at an appropriate time when I have access to loved ones. Afterwards. Yes. Um. Wow. Well, yeah. I guess I better talk there, about there. Spartacus now. Oh, I just wanted to quickly talk about there's some very good <laughs> actors in it as well. Like Louis C.K. is yep. great in almost everything he does. Um, uh, uh, um, Alan Alda 
from MASH is the, like, curmudgeonly uncle. Yeah. A lovely um, word, curmudgeonly. And, oh, he is, like, the most curmudgeonly. Like, <laughs> the he, most is, curmudgeon- he is a bastard. Like, <laughs> you you would be, like... The most curmudgeonly. Because Louis C.K., like, financed and shot it all himself, like, he... they There's a lot of, like... Right, he's got a lot of freedom. They say a lot of, like, words and talk about a lot of things and is like stuff that, that is said <laughs> words, that would not happen on network television and stuff okay. and it just it is just such a unique show because it it talks about issues that in it in a depth and a way that is just not talked about in in tele like scripted television shows it's just not talked about in that way like you might have a law and order episode on domestic violence but it's not yeah, it's we, like it's, it's all about like gonna, crime is all about the crime aspect. You all know how that's like, going to play out. Yeah, rather than like the effect of that that has on a person throughout their life and mm. and all that kind of thing. So right, it it, it is a very well made show. So I would emphatically suggest people watch it. You brought us Kiwi Assassins, Kiwi Assassins, and, and some fucking... serious emotional t- turmoil. Yeah. Okay. That is, it is emotional turmoil, the show. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel the need to talk about Spartacus now, just to bring the mood back. <laughs> Boobie, talk about something that is not intellectual, is just, <laughs> it's just boobies and doms. <laughs> <laughs> and people getting their heads chopped off. Wow, is that show just pretty much pornography? <laughs> I started watching Spartacus because, uh, Spartacus, the, the revolt, um, the slave revolt happened in the second largest arena in Rome, called uh, in Capua, and I've been there, so I, I figured I'd want I'd, I'd I'd like to to check it out. That show is just straight up pornography. There's occasional fighting, but it's pretty much just banging. <laughs> um, just I, orgies. And I don't know. So I've much. watched the whole season. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's something you can have on certainly in the background. Uh, I think there's not a lot intellectually going on there. No, but uh, you know what? I kind of get it attached, and um, there's something really cool about that show because uh, you know what? Things were a bit crazy uh, back in Roman times, where you could own yeah, people. It, it is it is a stylized, slightly exaggerated, but it's not that exaggerated. Yeah, it's probably what would have gone down in Caligula's household. Yeah. Um. So it's not totally out of the question. And again, it's kind of stuff that happens when you own people. It's 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 gonna get crazy, and they're definitely <laughs> not worried. Sorry, they're definitely they're definitely not worried about about what they what they show in this in this TV show, which I I think I really like. There's a healthy smattering of male nudity. There's male there's male nudity. Um, it's it's pretty crushing because the gladiators are super built. I had a thought when I was watching this that I was probably actually in the minority of men that were watching it. It's one of those shows that I reckon is uh, sort of a sleeper, a female show. That I reckon the viewership is mostly women. And it's, it seems crazy because it's Spartacus, you think it's mostly about violence, but that show is not mostly about violence. It is mostly about seeing basically naked men. Or ne- men that are really ripped in loincloths. That's the majority of the show. And I think there are a lot of women who are watching it. 
All right. It's it's definitely a true blood. <laughs> um, there's a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's good too. Equal opportunity. Uh, Semi pornographic show. There's a lot of naked men in that, and there's a lot of naked women. It's just nakedity all around. But what I like about it is the sort of the nonchalance that they have. I think the actors are really brave in that show, where um, not only do you, if you want to do a Roman show, yeah, you've got to show a lot of nudity, but it can't be important. And I think they do a really good job in that show of not making it important. There are discussions... And not drawing attention to it. Yeah, there are some scenes that would have been really interesting to act in, uh, where, like, the Dominus, the, the head of the household, the guy who owns the all the slaves, and his wife are, like, discussing a serious plot point plan, right? And meanwhile, he is having sex with a slave whilst this is happening. And I think the way that they do that is, is really quite good. Like, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's pumping away. There's a woman on top of him. Um, and they're having, a, like, a discussion. It's just not a thing. Um, it, it's just, it, it's just not, not a thing. And I think that's really good. The, the other thing, uh, in, there's an episode in the second season where, uh, <laughs> uh, Bacchiardus, who's the, the head of the household, is talking to his friend about, um, serious scheming is going on, right? But they're doing this whilst Batty Artist is taking a crap and the other guy's, the other guy's peeing because there's like, in the streets, there is just this, uh, there's just these like open toilet stalls. It's a bench with holes in it, right? Right. And so Batty Artist is like talking, 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 takes a stop, they're still talking, you know, he pulls up his, pulls up his robes, sits down, starts taking a crap. Um, the other guy is talking to him like they're facing each other and he's peeing. Um, talking about the plot, talking about the plot. Guy, Batty Artist stands up, wipes his ass with the towel, gives it to the other guy who then wipes his hands with the same towel and they just continue talking about the plot. Off into the street again. <laughs> um, I think that's done really well. It, it's definitely a different... It was definitely a different society. Uh, more animalistic in the sense that like... It, there was uh, far less taboo. Uh, I think they do that really well, especially mm. the scenes with his wife, where he's he's literally having sex with another woman while they while they're speaking. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the violence is terrible. By the way, it, the fight scenes are terribly choreographed. Really, every time there's an impact, the camera shakes in the sort of really hokey way. Oh man, I haven't watched so that show. I've sword hit shield. Like, so, sword hit shield. And actor is told to go ah. And then, because the fighting is so bad, you don't they don't want you to see that, right? <laughs> that, like, the sword was two feet away from this guy. So, the camera shakes and there's, like, an impact overlaid sound. Oh, man. So, it's like a... And the camera goes, like... And then he, like, strikes another blow. And, and there's a lot of, like, flips happening when someone gets hit. The fighting is absolutely awful. Oh, man. I remember the fight would be really cool, but that must just be because... No, it's, I was it's young. terrible. And uh. and the most of the arena scenes just aren't shown. That's why. I mean, it's a oh, show. Man, I've it's, got it, just, it's, my it's, memory of that show is like all just fighting in the arena. There's so little fighting in the arena, dude. And all of the fighting that does happen, mostly in the training area, yeah. is some of the worst fight, <laughs> fighting in, in TV I've ever seen. I'm telling you, it's just a boobies and dong show. That is Mostly a, dong, and I think it's... I think that it's is definitely... an insane contrast to 
the Game of Thrones episode this week, which I won't spoil for you because you haven't seen. I but have it, continue but it, to stay a Game of Thrones season which, six version, which is in which is insane. <laughs> um, uh, but I feel good. The, the episode this the episode this um this week is a massive battle, and it is one of the best battle fight scenes yeah. I've ever seen. We've like like been, Lord of the Rings quality, like. We've Lord definitely been disappointed by that Troy before as well. Quality, yeah. Um, some of the later battles in Game of Thrones, like there's a battle on the wall that's that's really cool. Yeah. But some of the earlier ones, um, there's that one where Jamie Lannister. Uh, in in the first, this? no, uh, it's not really a series. Is it the one in the first season? Yeah. Uh, Jamie gets captured. Yeah. Because of a battle that happens between some northern forces yeah. and some and some Lannister forces. And you don't even see it. Yeah, so an interesting tidbit about that battle is that was meant... Was that the one where Tyrion gets knocked out? Um, I think it is. No, I think it's a different one. Jamie's oh, okay. not there for that, I don't think. Anyway, they, they, uh, they originally intended to film... The, the scene, the battle where Tyrion is forced to fight by his dad and he gets knocked out right at the start. They, yeah. they originally intended to film that, but didn't have the budget for it. Okay. And it's just... Cre- it is insane to th- to be able to see what they have been able to do on a television show in Game of Thrones. Yeah, like yeah. it is, it is movie quality. It is movie scale. Well, clearly their budget has expanded since, yeah, since the it, days it, where they just skip battles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and, and it's kind of really interesting seeing the battles each season of Game of Thrones. Just seeing them get more and more elaborate as they go. Okay. And getting better and better each time. Well, once again, we can't talk about Game of Thrones too much because we don't yeah, want to spoil anyway, anything. And I um, seen it. did you have any other TV shows to talk about? Television show. I did have one. Um, but that's yeah, Spartacus. Spartacus. Right. I don't have anything more to talk about TV shows wise. Yeah, I, I will mention. I wanted. Uh, I'll mention this briefly because I know you're not really up to speed with it. But uh, I just finished binge watching um, season four of Orange Is the New Black. Yep. Uh, and it's it's the best season so far it's really good i like it a lot it has such a cliffhanger ending i'm a bit upset about that but <laughs> the thing with this show is it, it takes kind of a while before the next one gets gets released i mean they've, they've come out with the season every year yeah but i guess it feels so it, it's a while because the way that orange is the new black operates there is a serious cliffhanger at the end of each season and at the end of this season, it's very serious. Like you just gotta know what happens. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose the thing with that is, is like it gets released all at once on one day, and it's exactly a year until the next one. Whereas something yes, like Game exactly. of Thrones, it's released over ten exactly. weeks. Exactly. Uh, so that's, it's, that's the wait isn't quite as long. That's as one of the season. problems with Netflix series. Not many, but that's a problem with it. Is that. It's just like, oh, there's so much Daredevil. <laughs> oh, there's no Daredevil for a year. Daredevil is gone. Daredevil is gone for me, yeah. Uh, it's the same feeling I had, but I came into the Game of Thrones game super late. Like, three seasons late. And so I rented the three seasons from Blockbuster, because that was still a thing. Binge-watched them all in two days. <laughs> and then was like, oh, when's season four coming out? Oh, never. <laughs> a year from now. Great stuff. Because it, it, that's even worse because you have three seasons all at once. Oh, yeah. And it's like you're starting out and you're like, oh, yeah, I've still got 30 episodes to watch. Isn't this great? A this sea of stuff out stretched yeah. out for me and it's so good. And it's just gone. And then it's, it's just it's a over. wasteland, a creative wasteland. I really want to watch all the Game of Thrones again. 
I, I already did that because I'm, I'm watching the series with my mum. Uh, we're up to like season two. Great show to watch with your, your mum. Everybody says, what are you doing? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, did you have anything else to say about Orange is the New Black? Uh, I know I had things to say, but but only to Orange is the New Black fans. Um, I can't. Yeah. It, it's really it's really good. If you were at all wondering whether to watch season four of Orange is the New Black, you should. It's really really good might I be, even might like be, Pi- might, be a good, might be a good time to get started with season one yeah that is it's true I even like Piper now huh. uh, so it's great it's what really a great. bad name Piper person Piper that's a bit harsh why are you attacking the Pipers of the world every Piper how just... many people do you know called Piper um I mean I I, I know of people called Piper really? I, don't, I don't think I know any Pipers personally yeah yeah, it's definitely more of a, a name you see in America. Probably. But Piper, it's a name, Peter. That's oh, a bad name. Anyway. It's not, anyway, it's not like a bad anyway. name like Sunshine. <laughs> or Raindrop. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Or Crystal with a dollar sign, an I, and a, and, and a K. Or Khaleesi. Khaleesi. That's a bad name. Is that someone, is that a thing? Yes. Not to After Game of Thrones. Khaleesi. Which isn't even a name in Game of Thrones. It's a title. Yeah. It's like calling someone Duke. Oh, I guess we can. Whoa! Shit. Yeah. <laughs> calling someone King. Or Your Grace as your, their name. Your Grace. Hyphenated, I guess? Yeah, just Or do you misspell all of it? Make it look like a foreign oh, like a French name, man. but it's Your Grace. Yeah, Your Grace. <laughs> anyway, video games. Video games. It's been a long time. It's been a, a while since we talked about it. And yet news. I've played... i played a lot, but it's mainly been Destiny and Hearthstone. So. Yeah. Um, you, you, you've uh, got so, a few to talk about, yeah. Yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple to talk about. Last episode I talked in a fair bit of depth about Uncharted. Um, and I've now finished Uncharted 4. Yep. Um, you still liked it all the way through? And I've got to say, it's one of the best games that I've played. Like... Just in terms of the the graphics and facial animation and acting, it's a game with acting in it. Like just the just the facial animation, like looking at it compared to um, the games on PS3, mm. it just blows them out of the water. Like just the fidelity and like you can see emotions in people's faces. Like the you can see subtle movements in their cheeks. It's not quite photorealistic, but it's pretty bloody close okay um I, I don't know if pretty bloody close but it's like it, it, it's the closest we've gotten to it's good stuff yeah it's it's insanely like realistic you can really get the emotion of the actors and it tells um I think one of the most mature and probably the best story of the uncharted games um, it's it's tough to recommend to people who haven't played the series before because I think you do definitely get a lot a lot more out of it, yeah. Out of the story, having played at least Uncharted two and three. Well, it's a character-driven thing. Yeah, yeah. Mean, so it's like this acting. It's, in it's it. the final story of this character um, that you sort of grown to know and 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 a bunch of these characters which you've grown to to know and love over the course of Who three other isn't games. Isn't voiced by Nathan Fillion, even though I just keep thinking he is. No, Nolan North is his voice actor. Is he sort of like Nathan Fillion? He doesn't really look like him. No. no. I'm just going mad. Um, I've even written some review notes. Oh. So, 
First point, one of the things that's been said about this game and one of the big criticisms with the Uncharted games is is what people like about them is the story and the characters. Is it and, is it a good game? And that and no, 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 not not that, but just the 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 one of the big criticisms is that there's just too much just like um monster closet, just too too many enemies and too many gunfights. Oh, okay. Um and I think they really have improved first of all improve the combat. Um, so there's a real stealth aspect. So most, almost all the fights in the game, you can play stealthily if you want to do it that way, which adds a bit more depth. I talked about that last episode. Yeah. Um, but also there's just far less combat and you're fighting far less enemies. Like you might be, you, you might come into a map and fight far less of them. And, um, but I like fighting. Yeah. Well, then it, it, like it, you still do, a, you still do a fair bit of gun shooting, but you also do, I would say it's maybe like, maybe not quite a little bit less than half gunfighting. Right. Um, and the rest is like, um, is, is platforming and swinging from ropes and doing crazy climbing and like story stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. and, and it's just paced really well. So that's my, that's my first point is that the combat is the best that it's ever been. Um, and there's not too much of it. So, how would one such as I, I haven't played any Uncharted games, haven't even played any Tomb Raider games except the one that I got with my PS4, how would I go yeah, about so you played the preparing new Tomb, myself? Tomb Raider reboot. Yeah. I would probably play Uncharted 2 and 3. Maybe how would, how much, would I do that, though? Um, there's an Uncharted collection on PS4. Okay. Yeah. And I, um, and I have on, to play that before I play this one? I wouldn't say you have to. I would say you probably get a bit more out of it, mm-hmm. but those are big, long, like a pretty big time investment. Yeah. Yeah. Playing those games. Like I would probably watch like a story synopsis of Uncharted 1. Well, you say. Just because that has, it is the first one of the games and you can see where a lot of the mechanics evolve, but it's, it's, it's a very old game. I can, it doesn't yeah. age as well as the other two. I can get into game mechanics. So would you would it be fair to say that maybe if I don't want to buy the Uncharted collection and play through the Uncharted collection, I could watch, you know, you know, they have collections of cinematics. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause the, the thing, story the thing about the game, on, right? the thing about the game though, is that it's not just cinematics. You, you kind of can't get the whole story from just watching cinematics because you play through so much of the action set pieces. Okay. Like, for example, in Uncharted 2 opens with you waking up, bleeding from your stomach with like this bloody uh, like Aztec knife in your hands. You wake up and the camera shifts perspective and you're in a train car that is off the edge of a cliff. Right. And you have to climb vertically up this train car and escape from this falling down train. Yeah. And that's how Uncharted 2 opens. And like, so you'd probably have to watch like the whole a, a whole playthrough yeah. rather than mm. just the cutscenes. Okay. Um, just because you play through so much of the story, and there is there are some crazy awesome set pieces in in Uncharted Four as well. Okay. Um, my next my next point. Go to your next dot point. Feel um, free. So another thing is the game has so many quiet moments. So most video games are just like. Non-stop, stop action, go, 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 Call of Duty, like... Okay, well, Call of Duty's like that. But a lot of games are like that. Okay. 
Oh, like a lot of shooter games are like that. Oh yeah, for sure. This has quiet moments. Like there's a mo- the one of the whole things about this game is you're like is you're going to find this treasure with your long lost brother, and there's this moment where you're in this jungle like abandoned settlement, and you just sit and like you can it's a skippable thing, but uh, there's there's like a lot of optional conversations you can have, and mm. you can go just sit down and like pretend to have it there's like this old rundown building old rundown pub like sit at at chairs and there's like flagons on the table and you like pretend to have a bit of a beer and a yarn with your brother okay and there's a lot of moments like that which um add so much to the characters but also mean that it's not just breakneck action so like it, it has the um the release yeah, if you get what I mean, like the, yeah, yeah. um, it's sh- it like shows restraint and has quiet moments, which is a f- somewhat unique thing for this kind of breakneck action video game. Yeah. Um. Do do do. Graphics are insane. I said that already. Like just just the animation of the characters is just unmatched by any other game. Cool. Like. Just, just the way the characters move and the, it, it's just so like, I don't know. It's 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 very good. Like, <laughs> it, Dark Souls three by comparison is so like clunky. Yeah, but Dark Souls three is. I know it's meant to be like that. A fantastic video game. It's its beauty is in its its lore and its mechanics the way that yeah whereas this game is more about to, the, for an experience as a, as a as a player yeah whereas this game is more about it 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 has it is fun to play and it is maybe the funnest of the uncharted games to play um and like the platforming sections and all that kind of stuff like the the traversal and yeah. stuff is all fun to play as well um I, I, but the main thrust, the reason why you're playing on a charter game is for the story. And yeah. this one tells a very mature story, which is not just like Indiana Jones, go and find this treasure, um, find the Nazi gold, find El Dorado, all that ah, stuff. Nazi like, gold? It, it's it's a story about like growing older and, and, and family and deals with all the, and, and betrayal and, Deals with all these mature it themes in a mature way, which is still fitting with the world. Right. You're all about the mature themes. To, to, to yeah, well, I, I mean, I like a good story. Well, no, this is fine. Uh, yeah, like... I like a good... Story in, in video, it, it matters to me. I like a good challenge. So I think we represent two different sides of this. Yeah. I really... Yeah, there's a reason I haven't played Tomb Raider games. And there's a reason that when I looked on the surface of... Uh, these Uncharted games, I didn't play them. The reason I play a lot of type of platformer puzzles or anything that's heavily on cinematics is because I just don't go for that. Um, that's not what's important to me. I, I like games with story. Uh, but not games that show me story. Games where I find a story for myself. And, yeah. And it happens in gameplay. You know? Whereas this, whereas this, this is a story that you, you're not going to affect. You're going to experience. Yes. Right? Definitely, I'm definitely into the effect uh, versus versus experience. Now I'm I'm definitely gonna try this out. You've been talking about it for so long. I've got to try it. But, <laughs> uh, 
just it's um it might be one of those things where there's gonna be people who just, just won't enjoy it, you know. Like, yeah, which, which I can see. Yeah, but I think for anybody that likes, mo- it, it's a good jumping in point for anybody who yeah. likes movies, likes the idea of games, but has never really been all that interested in yeah. them. And it, it it is a very cliche thing to say about the Uncharted games, but it is very cinematic. Yeah, in that way, and there's so, there's really there's pros and cons to that. You know, there's yeah. definitely a hard line of thinking where people think, you know, that's what not, video, not what video games are for. That's like a movie in the video game world. It's it's, it's not what it's about. But yeah. I think those kind of things have their place because if you like movies and you like story, it gives you a way to experience more of that. If it was an mm. Uncharted movie, it would be a three-hour movie. And you can do so much more with story in a game, um, even if it is just a cinematic kind of game, because you play that game for like... 20 hours. Yeah, Uncharted 4 is maybe a little bit over 10 hours. So a ten, think of it like, and it seems like what you, from what you're saying, this is exactly what it is. It's like a 10-hour movie. Like watching a 10-hour movie, you're going to get more... That you interact with. You yeah. can see more detail. Well, I would like to watch a 10-hour How to Train Your Dragon movie. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, um, that's what the TV show is, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I, I love that. So I can understand where, you, where you're coming from that. But... Uh, yeah, then I think Dark Souls is a good is a good comparison to make. Yeah. Two two sides of that of, of what video games can do. That one's mm. definitely yeah. Dark Souls is all about the mechanics and not you can so experience much about the story. That through there is an interesting story. Oh, there's a very interesting story, but it's told but that's through not what the game is of, and things like about. That. You can. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's that, but it's it's something that you definitely discover yourself. Like and if there if there was one element of Uncharted that you would say about it, it would be the story, right? Whereas for Dark Souls, it would be... For, to me, it would be either killing bosses or just the gameplay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's everything, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I've asked you to say one thing, Sam. Yeah, on. yeah I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'd say, but I know the difference between, between the two. Yeah. Both have a really a really good purpose. Yeah. I think you, you've, you've... They're for two different players as well. Um, yeah. Uncharted is definitely more of a thing that non-video game players could get into. Um, if you want to bring your girlfriend into games and she doesn't play them already, she might play them already. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but if she, if you don't, if, or, or your, your parents or whatever, um, maybe set. don't do what I did and start yes. with Dark Souls. Dark Souls is not the place to start. Uncharted, I would say, definitely more is. Yeah. Um, and you see a lot of those reactions to Dark Souls, I know. You know, a lot of those negative reactions from Dark Souls, the really fun ones to watch as well, come from those people who are expecting Uncharted, right? Where, you know, Uncharted or, or from what I've seen of it or and what you told me or, or Tomb Raider, um, it's a really good story. You know, it's a story that you know, we've, we've motion captured shit. We've made things look as good as you say they are. We need everyone to see it. Yeah. We can't make it too hard because everybody yeah, needs no, to it's, see it's it. It's designed to get through, whereas... Right. Dark Souls. Whereas these guys are like, oh, no shit. Let's get on this. Let's get on this first like train night. rails and we'll have a good time. And no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to do this yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I, I like both games. I probably prefer Uncharted to, yeah. to Dark Souls. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's but yeah. Anyway, you've been playing Salt and Sanctuary. Yeah, which is so speaking of Dark Souls. Speaking of Dark Souls, I've been playing more Dark Souls. Um. Yeah, so I, I, briefly, I briefly spoke about Salt and Sanctuary before, but I really hadn't played it that much. 
and I've gotten a chance to really play through it. And I want to take back what I said about it sort of not maybe being worth it. But um, since I've, I've finished with Dark Souls-ish for now, I played by PvP a bit, but I've finished it three times, you know? Yeah. Um, with different builds and everything. Uh, Soul Sanctuary is... It's more Dark Souls than any game has ever come close to being. And that includes... So there's a game... Oh, whose Lord, name Lords is, of the Fallen? Escape me. Lords of the Fallen is an example, but there's an even more recent one that just came out. It's um, Japanese-themed, and it's got a lot of Dark Souls mechanics in it. None of them are Dark Souls, because Dark Souls is more of a feeling. Um, and it sounds like a crazy fan thing to say, but... It's more of a feeling, man. It's not... You can't make a bat, a really hard game and call it Dark Souls. And you can't make a game with stamina bars and rolling mechanics and call it Dark Souls. Um, the thing that makes it Dark Souls is the way that you've designed it. Because, and to bring this up, Soul Sanctuary is a 2D side-scrolling game. Um, it's therefore much more simple than Dark Souls. And on some points, it varies considerably. Uh, like the fact that you attack like these side-scrolling games, so you can swing in the air, you know, it's sort of a gravity-defying, you jump and swing kind of thing. You can jump up on the roof. You can jump. You can jump. You can't do a dark Jumping's roll. really important. Yeah. Uh, you can roll but and parry, but, you know, it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, you can, like, hop on walls. You can wall jump later on. Um, there's certain platform mechanics... So it's not like Dark Souls in that regard. The raid that's like Dark Souls is that I played that game and I, when I came in, I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> that's very Dark Souls. You just start. Yeah. You've got to work it out and you can make horrible mistakes that really screw you up. There's um, When you first go into Salt Sanctuary, um, you, well, first of all, you wake up on the ship and you fight through, and it's being attacked. You fight through a few enemies You've got no idea what's going on. It's exactly like the hollows, as in you're like, oh, that was stressful. Aren't I great? <laughs> <laughs> and then you realise these are the easy guys. And then you come up onto the deck of the ship and you're met with the unspeakable horror. The horror of the deep, which is this massive boss that one-shots you <laughs> and you're meant to die to it, right? Uh, you can, can you possibly beat it? Yes, and actually to plat- platinum the game, you have to beat it. Oh, man. Um... And then you wash up on shore, and it's this really bleak world. Um, you talk to this guy. He makes no sense. Still sounding very dark, so this. He gets Does he you laugh? To, he asks you to... Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of laughing. A lot of creepy laughing. Oh, such dark souls. Such dark souls. Uh, he, asks you to, he asks you to make some decisions based on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you're in a covenant, basically. Uh, and I wasn't in the one I wanted, and it turned out you had to go way later in the game to pick the one you wanted. But based on those decisions, you could have gone to any covenant. <laughs> so part of this is it's salt and sanctuary. The sanctuary comes from these spawn points, kind of like bonfires, but then... Salt is your soul's equivalent. Your souls. And sanctuary is like your bonfire, but it's much more important than a bonfire. A bonfire is a glorified checkpoint. Um, a sanctuary is really important to you. So you... Ha- you after about four hours, I figured, Peter, <laughs> that these you could use these idols, put them, offer them to a sanctuary, and that would uh, invite random people to join your sanctuary. One of these things is really important. You can get a guide, and that will summon a guide who, get, who can allow you to teleport. 
really useful to know. Didn't know that for even longer in the game. It was like 10 hours of trudging around back and forth before I realized I could teleport. Very Dark Souls. <laughs> um, the one thing I would say about Salt and Sanctuary that, that is a little bit of a detractor is um, the bosses are nowhere near as engaging. Uh, and I think it's just impossible to do with the kind of thing they're running. With the with, 2D. Yeah. Uh, you just roll through them. And, and I do that for every boss in Dark Souls too. But, but it, their attacks are just... They're just more simplified. And... They can only come from one direction. Yeah, basically. and the, the difficulty, they don't get quite right um, with the bosses. For the enemies, they do. But for the bosses... Or for the zones, they do. There's a poison zone. Very Dark Souls. Ugh. But for the actual Worst. bosses, um, they're more irritating and uh, hard, which is not the Dark Souls mantra. You're supposed to make a boss that's hard but fair. Yeah, fair as in not not your equal, but the Dark Souls bosses are meant to be like you sort every it out. time you fight it, you learn something new. Yeah, and you never feel like it's it's an insurmountable task. You don't feel cheated. Yeah, in this, it's just kind of annoying. Uh, sometimes and I think that again that comes from the simplified nature of the game so that's kind of annoying it's still worth doing uh, the other thing I would say is they take it too far with the what's going on um, because it, it wasn't it was slightly less information than Dark Souls which is saying something and slightly less engaging and with Dark Souls you don't know anything and that's the thing that really draws you in. That's the reason they have these huge arguments about whether whether Solaire is Gwyn's son. He's not. Uh, um, and, and stuff like that because you get hooked. You're like, I want to find out more. And then you go out of your way to find out more about this person. In this, I was like, oh, I, uh, I can't look out what's going on. I don't care. And then I just ended up sort of bumbling through the game. Yeah. I was like, eh, I'll just move on. Like I didn't explore areas completely. I was just like, let's just get through. We'll kill this guy. So it's just so beat, much. Have you beat the game now? No, I, I haven't. Um, I got I got sidetracked after a while. I've gone about two thirds of the way through. Right. So it's good, but it, ha- it does suffer from. It's good things. if you're looking for a new Souls game to play. Yeah, if you're a Souls fan, you'll really enjoy this. If you're a platformer, you're a guy, you'll really enjoy this. So give it a crack. Yeah, but it, it's not on that same level. Yeah, it gets it gets old. I think. Did you have anything else to talk about? No, I've just been playing a lot of Destiny. <laughs> my KD we- has risen a lot. Um, by the way, Peter, you know, for anybody who's interested, if you go onto my Destiny tracker stats, I am diamond in every game type, apart from Rift, because Rift is players. <laughs> um, right. So, last thing. Yeah, last thing, final thing. It's been a big marathon we're episode, but there. we're almost there. For those of you who um, stuck with us, you know. Final game I want to Thank talk you. about is a game called The Banner Saga, which is a yeah. 2D um, turn-based strategy game. And it keeps popping up in my Steam because I played Jotun. Yeah. yeah. It is like, it's set in like this Norse world where the sun is dying and the gods have left the earth. And it's all about, again, which is a bit of a running theme of, for me of late, like tragedy and death. Everything's bleak. It's basically bleakness and... Yeah. Yeah, just stuff going wrong. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, just this, this turn-based strategy game is you like play as Vikings basically. The whole is, do you play as giants? Are they giants? Yeah, so there's like um, I think they're called the Jarl. 
There's Yarl and the humans. Ooh, Yarl is like a is like a head of a clan. No, but I think they put Y-A-R-L. Not E-A-R-L. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. But yeah, there's like these giant horn men. Yeah. Um and humans in this Norse world. And then there's this third faction which are called I can't remember what they're called, but they're like they're essentially goblins, but they're like sort of stone mech they're like stone sentinel looking type guys. Right. Um uh and they've like the whole the whole idea is like they've um there was there's been a number of wars over the years to like drive them back into their like underground and they've like broken through and the world is ending and yeah. um lots of stuff's going wrong. So what kind of game is it? So it's a it's a turn based strategy game. You have like six characters, um and you like move them around the map kinda of like Final Fantasy tactics. Right. You're it's a thing. Big big emphasis on uh, player death, right? You, your characters can die. Yes. And affect the story that way. Yeah. But that, that doesn't really happen in the battles. No, okay. So um, on top of this turn-based strategy system, which is really interesting, it's something a bit different from what type of games that I have been playing recently. Yeah. Um, is this meta game, which is all about managing your tribe, essentially. And you've got like a big group of people which you can get more, people can die. Um, you're constantly gaining new party members and party members are dying or leaving to go and help people. And right. Um, it just kind of tells a bit of a interesting story in that you've got constantly got people coming in and out. And, and can you, can you have a, a unique player experience? Like, uh, yes, they, they, they're not scripted to come in and out. Like they, they, they certain characters, like it, it's very much a, you make your own decisions type game. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the decisions you make will affect the relationships between characters and they might just leave your party if they don't enjoy, if they don't like something that you've well, done. Good. Or never, they might just, one of them they might just die. Like there's this one occasion where you sort of start out the game playing as a Jarl um, tax collector, essentially. <laughs> You're a tax collector for the king. You're going from city to city and you start to hear a bit of the rumblings of um, war coming to the, to the world. Right. Um, and... You you travel up you're like traveling up this mountain to get back to the capital city, which is supposedly going to be safe. Um, and you like get to the top of this mountain and are then ambushed by a small group of um, the evil faction, which I've forgotten the name are of. Are they compelling evil guys? They're pretty much just evil guys. They're pretty much just evil guys. Okay. Um. Yeah. So you get attacked by them. You have a fight, and then there's like, and then there's like a story sequence thing where you get to make choices um peter just motion (laughs) typing for some reason that's that story (laughs) um yeah and and so basically like one of the evil guys jumps on your treasure wagon and it like gets man i hate it when they get pulled off the wagon (laughs) and one of your who was currently who was like my highest leveled dude at that time like grabs for the thing and is like holding and is like holding on and you have these these you get to make decisions tell him to to let go like try and help you him. lose the treasure um okay. no? yeah you yeah. lose the treasure if you let go like let let go try and help him um or order more people to try and help him that kind of thing um and what happened what i ended up doing is i like i told him to grab onto the thing he did he was sl- he kept slipping so then i tried to help him um, 
but it was no use. He's super dead. It was no use, and he just slipped off the edge. We lost all our treasure, and, and the guy. I lost my best fighting dude. So stuff stuff like that can just happen uh, out of nowhere, um, which like is that. really one of the really cool things. And the game's pretty the game. quick, isn't it? Yeah, it's maybe about six or seven hours. Yeah, so very quick. Um, it has beautiful art style. Yeah, I've um, heard that too. Great soundtrack. Beautiful art style. Mm. Um, really cool world and just a, just a really cool, fun, quick very, game. One of those very like simple, simplistic art styles. But, yeah. But, you know, it makes it look very beautiful. Yeah. But again, yeah. like the Jotun. Yeah, uh, look. Or um, like Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful game, that game. Um, yeah, beautiful animation. And yeah, it, it's it's only like 20 bucks on Steam or something. It's yeah, on right. PS4 and stuff as well. So, yeah. um, and the sequel recently came out, which picks, off, picks up directly from the ending of uh, the first game. Okay. So, yeah, it's a, it's a cool game. You should, you should play it. Yeah, it's definitely on my wish list. I didn't have all that much more to say about it, but I just did want to give that a bit of a flog. Cool. Well, now that we've yeah banged after on. this after this marathon effort, we'll try and wrap our, wrap it up quite quickly. So um, this is going to be a fun one to edit. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> so homework movies for next time. So movie I want to do for homework movie is called Boy, right? Which is Directed by a New Zealand director. As always, called, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, New Zealand director called, I think he's like, Wide Tika something. I, I, I forget. You're either going to get it right or look really racist. Yes. Yeah. Um, but really enjoy his stuff. He directed What We Do in the Shadows, which is, which a, is a great, hilarious, like, it vampire, is a vampire mockumentary. Fantastic movie. Um, Go see that. Yeah, so directed by him. Um, just tells a really kind of sweet story, I thought. Yeah. Um, it's a sweet story, but it also does deal with with issues and it deals with like fatherhood and it's about this boy. Um, I won't say much more than that. How up? <laughs> but um, yeah, the reason I want to do this movie this week is because uh, that director's most recent film um, called The Wilder People... Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People came out like this week. Um, and I really want to see that. So Watch out for a review next next week, I think. Next week or mm-hmm. the week after. I will both see it. Um, yeah, probably. Promises. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah, that. Yeah, that's our homework movie. Um, um, as always, like the Facebook page. Like us everywhere. Like us on Instagram. Like me. Send us your love. I feed off your... We, we crave approval. Yeah, I'm if like... If you have any beer recommendations, that would yes, be something we'd be interested in. Yes, absolutely. Send us a beer.